back to Unwatchable, you guys. My name is Chloe Rodriguez. I am your host. I hope everyone is staying safe out there, self-isolating, figuring out a way to get through the new and weird day-to-day life that we all have going on. And while everyone is staying at home, trying to readjust to their new schedule, new and original content is needed now more than ever. So today we are going to be talking about a media platform called Quibi. Q-U-I-B-I, Quibi. Uh, That name really tells you nothing about the app, but Quibi actually stands for Quick Bytes. They took the Q-U-I from Quick and then the B-I from Bytes and smashed it together to create a weird futuristic buzzword. But what does Quibi actually mean? What are Quick Bytes? We're going to get into all of that right now. According to their official website, Quibi is a short-form mobile video platform featuring episodes that are offered in 6-10 to minute bytes. And they offer a wide variety of shows. They have scripted dramas, scripted comedies, reality shows, lifestyle shows, food shows, nature shows. They started their original launch with 50 shows, and they're really all over the map. Quibi was founded by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who is best known as the co-founder and CEO of DreamWorks Animation. He left his post as CEO in 2016 and has since been exploring alternative forms of media. I'm not entirely shocked that Jeffrey Katzenberg would embrace the idea of a short-form mobile video platform, because throughout his career we have seen him adapt to the changing landscape of entertainment and animation. In a New York Times article from 2003, Jeffrey Katzenberg explained his desire to switch DreamWorks animation over entirely to 3D computer animation. He said, the idea of traditional story being told using traditional animation is likely a thing of the past. Fast-evolving technology is making it easier to create images that a few years ago could only be drawn by hand. And this was all the way back in 2003, before a lot of studios had fully embraced the idea of computer animation. Katzenberg's nemesis and DreamWorks Animation's biggest rival, Disney Animation Studios, toyed with 3D animation, but still continued to produce traditionally animated 2D films for quite some time, and even attempted to create a 2D animation revival with 2009's The Princess and the Frog and their 2011 film Winnie the Pooh. Disney didn't shut down their 2D animated studio until 2013, a full decade after Jeffrey Katzenberg had already declared it a dead medium. Jeffrey Katzenberg was also one of the biggest supporters of 3D films. Not just 3D animation, 3D films, where you go and you wear the glasses and things pop out at you and there's explosions and oh, it's coming right at me. That kind of 3D. In a 2009 interview with Vanity Fair, Katzenberg explained his fascination with 3D by saying, There have been two previous revolutions that have occurred in movies. The first one is when they went from silent films to talkies. The next one happened when they went from black and white to color. This was 70 years ago. In my opinion, 3D is the third revolution. 
He later went on to say, I'm hoping that all movies are released in 3D. He also advocated for movie theaters to upgrade their screens to be more accommodating and 3D compatible, and he was also a big supporter of bringing 3D technology into people's homes with 3D compatible televisions. In this interview, he says, 3D will come to the home. It's also going to come to your computer and your handheld devices, anything that you lean into. There's a thing called audio stereo where you won't have to wear glasses. So I think it's going to migrate very quickly into the world. Now, 11 years later, we know that 3D did not really catch on as much as Jeffrey Katzenberg might have hoped. In fact, it's fallen by the wayside, something that Jeffrey Katzenberg has very vocally been disappointed by. In a 2016 interview with Deadline, he's quoted as saying, We blew it. It was a game-changing opportunity for the industry. He points to successful films that were released in 3D, like Avatar and Life of Pi, and said, When we gave them an exceptional film that was artistic and creative and celebrated, people were happy. But he concludes with his disappointment by saying, Others came along and took the low road and gimmickized it. Instantly, we lost goodwill. This says a lot about Jeffrey Katzenberg to me. This tells me that he is someone who is adaptable. He's someone who sees the full potential of what technology can be. He's not resistant to new forms of media and new ways of telling stories. And from an outside perspective, while it might seem like a step down to go from co-founder and CEO of a major animation studio to releasing a mobile app, it makes sense that someone like Katzenberg, who is always trying to innovate, always trying to keep up with the times, would see the potential that a smartphone has for bringing entertainment to the consumer. In January 2017, Katzenberg launched his new venture called Wonderco, W-N-D-R-C-O, which invests in new media and technology companies. He says Wonderco aims to reinvent television for mobile devices. And it seems like the first big step that he's taking in that new endeavor is by launching Quibi. Now let's get into what Quibi really is and how the app works. It's really easy to sign up. You just download it from the App Store. The app is free. However, you have to pay a membership to view all of the content available. It's $5 a month if you want ads and $8 a month if you don't want ads. I purposefully signed up for the one with advertising so that I could let you guys know how the ads work. But you do get a month's free trial. And I also read somewhere that they just announced if you sign up for Quibi in April, you get a 90-day free trial, which is insane. I'm realizing now that this sounds like I was given advertisement points and I'm working with Quibi in some way, and I can guarantee you that Quibi has no idea who I am, uh, and I just did this purely out of my own curiosity. Now, I had a friend join me on my quest to Quib, and we had a lot of fun going through the app and watching all of the content that it has to offer. Spoiler alert, it's not good. <laughs> I had my good friend Jake Smith sign up for Quibi with me, and we both spent an entire week immersed in Quibbies and <laughs> figuring out how it works, figuring out what it is. I couldn't have picked a better partner to watch these quibbies with. Uh, Jake is a really funny writer who I worked with at The Second City. You might remember him from my episode about the writing process that premiered uh, at the beginning of March. 
and he was kind enough to come back and record another episode with me, so I will cut to that in just a moment. He chose the ad-free experience. I chose to get ads because I was very curious as to how they would fit advertisement in into a five to 10 minute quibby. And to be honest, I got almost no advertisements. There weren't ads interrupting any of the quibbies. Uh, there were a few ads that would play at the beginning of a quibby, but that was only every so often. It wasn't on every quibby that I watched. It was almost like they forgot that it was the ad version and they were like, oh, uh, the throw a Bud Light commercial in there, I guess. I don't know if they just don't have people who want to advertise or what. Um, but I got one Bud Light commercial, one Pepsi commercial, one Google commercial, and one Progressive commercial. And that was about it. So I would highly recommend that if you want to pay for the subscription, you buy the $5 one with ads because it's really not uh, that overwhelming. And to be honest, I legitimately was not paying attention and hardly even noticed that they had commercials playing every so often. So that was my experience with the advertising. Uh, but for everything else, I will take you over to the segment that I recorded with Jake. Uh, where we go through all the shows that we watched and what our overall experience was using the app and uh, whether or not we would quib again. So I hope I gave you guys enough background information to fully understand uh, what Quibi is. And uh, here's Jake Smith. All right. Thanks for joining me, Jake. I'm very happy to be here to be discussing the wonderful app of Quibi. <laughs> the wonderful world of Quibi. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about Quibi because I feel like it is shrouded in mystery. <laughs> I think everyone has heard of it, but no one exactly knows what it is. Um, and you and I did the legwork for people. Yep. We we watched some Quibbies. We <laughs> we explored thoroughly what they have to offer. We've been in the trenches, and, uh, we really you have. know, we've we've been to hell and back. Oh, 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 <laughs> watch out, Jay. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. We've been told. <laughs> we, we've received some... We've received some feedback that our last podcast that we did together was perhaps a little bit too, uh, crass. Mm -hmm. A little too, you know, um, lowbrow, uh... Mm -hmm. A little too, you know, scandalous, so... Too too many expletives. You know, we're better than that, Jake. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry to the people at, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts that we offended. <laughs> and Spotify. And They're Spotify. They're both up in our arms. <laughs> they both personally emailed, personally emailed, it wasn't even like a chain thing, and said, <laughs> you know, Jake, uh, you and Chloe are just foul mouth. You're like sailors. Mm -hmm. It's just not good. And if you continue like this then we're, you know, we don't we're want shutting to... down the project. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we'll shut it down. And then they they told me specifically, they're like, we're powerful companies. We can make you disappear. And I was like, all right. I swear, I'll, I'll shape up. <laughs> I swear, I won't swear again. I am your spiritual guide in all of this, Jake. I will not let you fall back into wow. those habits. <laughs> Thank you, Chloe. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's just one of the many things I do as the host here on Unwatchable. It's very I, brave of you. <laughs> I keep people on the path of the righteous, that's for sure. Amen to that. <laughs> so, Quibi. Quibi. <laughs> Let's discuss 
what was your experience as a user? Just as a user, um, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, the the way they've got it set up is a lot like the Spotify or Instagram. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like the like the Discover. Yeah, it's like that, section. except like a little bit longer and a whole app dedicated for that. Um, but yeah. I don't know if I I don't know how it was for you, but usability wise, it was okay. You know, got the job done. Yeah. And I, I'm interested to see how it'll expand. It's a pretty simple design. What I thought was probably their biggest flaw was the categorization of things. Oh, yes. Oh, it was yes. very odd. So if you're looking for a specific genre, you have to search that genre because the way that they have things separated is crazy. Uh, let me read aloud the the categories, shall I? Please do. I'm cu- I'm actually curious to hear this too, because I <laughs> just even looking at stuff was like, huh, that seems kind of like far fetched. But it was it was kind of like you just opened the app and then whatever was there, you were like, okay, I guess this is what I'm watching, <laughs> yeah. and then like you're like, I guess this is my show. Yep. All right, I'm watching this. <laughs> um, because it's hard to like find things on there. Usually, like Netflix and Hulu are separated into, like, comedy, documentary, mm-hmm. action, thriller. These are Quibi's, uh, the, the Quibi categories, <laughs> if you will. Um, here they are. Laugh Out Loud. Wow. Ad- adrenaline Rush. True Stories. Mm. Quick Fix. I have no idea what that what means. What does that mean? That could either be, like... DIY and like house fixing things like a literal fix or like I guess like fun for the whole family like get a quick fix of entertainment I yeah it even brings the images of like get your fix on of like a drug so now that's what I'm imagining (laughs) oh well well guess what the next category is get hooked (laughs) (laughs) so that's even more what is Quibi selling here? <laughs> uh, feel good. Feel good. Okay. That's the next one. And the last one, brand spotlights. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I also, like, so when you go into those categories, it also doesn't really make any sense. So, for example, I selected the True Stories catalog, mm-hmm. and it took me to a show called Fierce Queens. And that show was about cheetahs. Oh. Like, like, jungle cats. Oh. <laughs> Which I wouldn't think was part of the true story no. category. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like their way of saying documentary. But when I hear true story, I think like, oh, a guy got murdered. They investigate it. Like, an, you know, yeah. one, of those, one of those kinds of shows. I don't think, you know, animals. Yeah, it was like they were trying to... They were, like, trying to appeal to a younger generation. They're like, kids these days, they don't want to look for thrillers. They don't want to look for documentaries. You know what they want? They want to get hooked. They want to laugh out loud. (laughs) They want an adrenaline rush. (laughs) Oh, my. Wow, I didn't. That is actually probably what they thought. Now that you say that, that is probably how they thought. Well, something that you and I talked about before we started recording is... I think that this app was purely designed to like appeal to Gen Z oh, and for sure. and the tail end of millennials like us. Um, 
but they didn't really know how to do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see, I think, like, um, like we discussed previously, the, um, you know, I've, I've heard it t- a ton of times, and I'm sure you have too, uh, living in Los Angeles, where people are like, oh, you know, uh, people want, like, bite-sized entertainment. They want TV shows. They want, you know, quick and easy and all that stuff, which is all true, I suppose, but the funny thing to me is that it's like what what people don't understand is that when people want short entertainment they just want to watch a tiktok video of like a kid dancing yeah people don't want to watch like a lot of what this content is i don't even know what half of it is to tell you the truth i think people understand that media is changing but i don't necessarily think they know how to adapt mm-hmm. as well as they think they do because like li- yeah like like you were saying like tiktok or like when vine was yes. out like that was the short form entertainment of our generation i still quote vines oh like, yeah it had such an impact <laughs> but the problem with this is that they're trying like and and a general problem that i think uh is is something that is constantly happening while people try to adapt like they try to adapt by not actually changing anything so Mm -hmm. like with these quibbies like which we'll get into in a second a lot like they're still meant to be watched as a full narrative just because they split it into 15 like small parts (laughs) you're like that's still 15 parts that theoretically you need to watch and it, that's not what we mean by short form right. entertainment. They're taking their their regular form of entertainment, what they've always been doing, and then just pretending that they converted it really into short form for a lot of these shows. Oh yeah, like some of some of them work, some of them don't. We'll get into why, but I think that's uh, I think that's kind of why it has not been that much of a success. Um, and also just like. I think the name itself is so bad too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely rings of like, you know, we need a name that's snappy. I know, yeah. Quibby. It's a buzzword. <laughs> and I just always think, or not always, because that implies I'm always on Quibby. But um, <laughs> why not, Jake? <laughs> my <laughs> eyes are continuously stupid. glued to the screen, just begging <laughs> oh, for a new Quibby. Yeah. What movie is that? Like Clockwork Orange, where the guy's yeah. eyes are like—they're being folded back and forced to watch quizies. Someone holds your eyes. Open. No, no, I can't take it anymore. I can't take Not it. Not another Chrissy's court. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't see why anyone would watch a Quibi and not a YouTube video. That was what I was thinking the entire time. Like this is, yeah. you know, even the good the stuff I might have enjoyed. I was like, well, I mean, just put it on YouTube or whatever. It's yeah. Well, let's dive into some of these specific shows. These wonderful shows. <laughs> we try to get a wide variety of genres that they offer. Um, currently, they have about 50 programs on the app, although from what I've read, they plan on launching 175 Oof. original shows this year um, and put out 25 new episodes a day. A day? A day. Holy so, smokes. Yeah, so they are, they must have a backlog of stuff filmed. Oops. <laughs> insane wow um 
Let's start off with probably the one that I was seeing advertised the most. Mm -hmm. And that's the show Flipped. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this one falls into the laugh out loud category, (laughs) I'm going to assume. Uh, This is... An original comedy to Quibi. It stars Will Forte and Caitlin Olsen. And the synopsis of it is... Jan and Cricket think they have what it takes to become TV's newest house-flipping couple. Unfortunately, a Mexican drug cartel thinks so, too. Now the delusional duo has to survive their newest project, renovating the cartel's mansions. (laughs) Hmm. And there there are 11 episodes in this series, each of them about six to seven minutes. Did you, I only watched the first episode of Flipped. As did I. I. I won't lie. Yeah, we mainly watched like the first one or two episodes just so we could get a feel for things. Um, <laughs> we didn't sit down and watch every single episode <laughs> of every single Quibi. Um, but we didn't don't really need to to kind of get a feel for what they're mm-hmm. going for. Um, my first critique of this show, and basically of all of the quibbies that we had to watch that are scripted, exposition is basically all of the episode. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? And there, the exposition is always terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty awful through most of it. <laughs> they do that thing where, like... A character will come in and just, like, state the relationship for no reason. I, like, I hate it when shows do that. They'll walk in and be like, hey, big brother, you remember how you're my brother, right? My brother, my bro. And you're like, what? No one talks like this. That's what, that's what every single quibby is. It's just people coming in, they pour information on you. This is the relationship. This is the setting. This is what's going on. Oh, end of first episode, because they only had seven minutes. Seems like the format might have a little bit of issues is what I'm kind of been gathering from all the quibbies I've watched. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to lie. Uh, as far as the scripted material goes, uh, the scripts are not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- <laughs> and I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's the fault of the format. I because they have to write it in a way that segments it off. Um, Because, you know, traditionally you would have more time to blend the exposition a little bit more and, like, maybe do it a little over time instead of shoving it all in into the first seven minutes or Mm -hmm. something. I don't know if that's the case or if they just were not that invested in the content. Um, Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Yeah, the, the running theme throughout all of these quibbies, uh, I would say uh, a, a lot of bad exposition, not very good writing, and big name stars. Yes, it, 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 it is very on, you can see it on the screen where all the money went um, for all of these projects. There, I don't, like when I see people waiting in line, for example, to go somewhere or in traffic, the idea behind the quibby would be, oh, you have five minutes, you're in traffic, we'll watch a show. But mm-hmm. realistically, I think people are more interested in, in literally, like, like snappy, like, you know, hey, it's a vine of a guy, you know, like, falling down at stairs. That's funny. Like, that's always going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Flip, for example, would ever be something that people are like, 
demanding to see. And it really, like you said, goes to show that um, clearly everybody's kind of in the this realm of I need to get on this train because this is what everyone's saying is hot right now. Yeah. And the result is everyone just uh, defecating out uh, material <laughs> that would be, um, you know, subpar on a, any other platform or anything like that. I noticed that you used the word defecating. Was that your way of yes. uh, venting uh, <laughs> swearing since this is a clean podcast episode? I figured a good, you know, like, you want to <laughs> upgrade the words and, you know. Oh, uh, yes. This has made you seem very intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I use, like, words like defecate in normal conversation. People think I have a PhD. It's incredible. <laughs> well, my thing, uh, my issue with the show flipped and I, I'm glad we're starting with this one because I think uh, I think it's helped me pinpoint, how should I say this? I think this show is a perfect summary of why Quibi is bad. Yes. <laughs> uh, one, we talked about the exposition. Two, and this was something that I was really sad to make note of, they found a way to make Caitlin Olsen not funny. Yeah. And I think personally that she is one of the funniest performers on television I would she's agree. she's an amazing physical comedian i think she's super funny i think she's very underrated um say will forte is also really good and neither of them are funny in this mm-hmm. which is insane to me and i think that's something that you can see throughout like all of the scripted quibbies is that they have these big named actors and they look so bad like they they are not being used to their full potential and so it's kind of disappointing because you're like well you have the big name but like this isn't good like this is not Mm -hmm. showcasing them correctly so that was very disappointing very disappointing Plus, um, and doesn't the concept, like, when you read that, the synopsis out loud, I mean, doesn't it just scream, like, like, what's hot right now? People love shows about flipping houses, and they love, like, you know, uh, things about, like, drug dealers. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just slap them together. <laughs> yeah. That's what all of these feel like. It feels like they were... I guess, uh, I guess just trying to go for something that they thought would be more universally appealing than actually mm-hmm. artistic. Yep. And, uh, there's a reason that it's, um, I, I read rec- yesterday, actually, so maybe it's fluctuated, but in its first week, it fell out of the top 50 of apps on mm-hmm. iTunes or whatever, which, you know, maybe isn't, I don't know, I'm not a tech guy, so I don't know how bad or good that necessarily is, but... To me, as just an as a as an average Joe layman, it it feels like it's probably pretty bad when your streaming service is not you know uh, a huge thing. Although I do have to wonder how much Corona and COVID and all that stuff has uh, affected that. But I I personally don't think at all. I think you would expect that more people would want to mm-hmm. have like more content. I think that's what they were anticipating. I think, and having, like, you have to, like, you can't, this is my, this is, like, a big problem, actually, for Quibi right now. You can't broadcast it onto your TV if you have a smart TV or something. It's purely on the phone, which is, like, okay, that's great. I understand the idea behind it, but, I mean, right now, at least this, the last month, all people want to do is watch TV. 
and you can't yes. do that because it's all on your phone. <laughs> well, they so they've done a lot of things that I think actually restrict them uh, as far as they've. I, I just think they've made some weird decisions that I think uh, contributes to them not being super popular. And um, I think we should end on that. So we'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, in a sec. Fair enough. But that that is a good point, and that's definitely something we'll come back to. Um, let's talk about the most dangerous game. Oh, yes. I have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> this was the first one I watched. I watched the first uh, three episodes of this one, but the first one is my favorite. Um, so the most dangerous game, for those of you who don't know, it's a very old story, and it's been... The concept of it has been done many times throughout Hollywood. The concept, this guy gets stranded on an island. He's hunted for sport by this mysterious rich man who is a great hunter and has grown weary of hunting animals and has now moved on to humans. Uh, th- I think there's a movie out now that's like inspired by that called The Hunt. Yes. Um, so there's all, they, they're always toying around with this concept in Hollywood. It's nothing new. Um, this one stars Liam Hemsworth. That's their big name. <laughs> Let's just go into the first episode. It did not, it, it did not start off at all like I thought it was going to be. Basically, Liam Hemsworth shows up at, like, this business meeting with this creepy, like, older gentleman. My favorite part of this whole show is that Liam Hemsworth introduces himself as his first name, which is Dodge. And then the guy says to him, the guy says, I wish my name was Dodge. What a cool name. And I had to pause because I was like, wait a minute. The writer wrote that name and then wrote a line complimenting the name that they gave this person. Wow. I don't even remember that. It's like when people like write and star in their own show and then like every joke is about how beautiful they are and you're like, wait, you wrote this about yourself. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> That's how I felt. Dodge, what a cool name. Um, I also really like, uh, here's the thing. This is supposed to be a, a thriller. This is a drama. I laughed throughout the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty... Uh... It's more on the comedy spectrum than, you know, the serious spectrum, I would say, which is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because so they were playing it dead serious because it's supposed to be a thriller, but nothing that they're saying makes any sense. They they are painting Liam Hemsworth, his (laughs) Liam Hemsworth's character is supposed to be sick and uh, has a baby on the way, and is poor. So they're giving him, like, the trifecta of, like, motivations for, like, a hero. He does not look sick at no, all. He, looks- he is wearing an expensive suit. Like, they, it's like they wanted him to, like, look really hot, but they weren't, like, but they still wanted him to be sympathetic, so they're just, like, telling you these things instead of showing you. <laughs> My favorite part is, like, this guy is obviously evil, and, like, it's very obvious that he wants to hunt Liam Hemsworth, and he's, like, basically straightforward about it. He's like, hey, 
I hunt animals, but now I want to move on to hunting other things. And Liam Hemsworth is not getting it <laughs> at yeah. all. He was like, do you want to... So, what I want to know is, like, in order to raise money for your family while you're sick and have a child on the way, like... Will you let me hunt you? Let's play a game. And Liam Hemsworth is like, a game? Like like paintball? <laughs> no, not like paintball. Oh, uh, you mean like we're going to play tag or something? <laughs> no, it's not tag. And then like, <laughs> he goes, no, we're going to hunt. He, he's still not getting it. He's like, oh, you know, we're going to hunt like some deer or something. Like, this guy could not make it any clearer. Like, I'm going to hunt and kill you. And for, like, five minutes yeah. of the quippy, Liam Hemsworth is like, oh, so we're going to play jacks? Pin the tail on the donkey? Is that what you're saying? And then my favorite part, I just wrote down all this dialogue because I thought it was so funny. So then the guy finally says, no, like, a hunt to kill you. And then without, like, with no reaction, imagine you're in a business meeting and the guy just straight up asks you if it's okay if he hunts you down and kills you. This was Liam Hemsworth's reaction to that. Listen, I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> like, he's still... He's still smiling. He's still completely unfazed. This man just told him... That he wants to kill him. He's like, well, I'm going to go to the cops, mister. <laughs> and then he says, you won't be able to prove anything. <laughs> and then, Which is also like, like the whole first episode was so funny because they like, it's like they really wanted to write like, okay, well, why would this be happening? Like, why would this person let himself be hunted? Blah, blah, blah. But they did a terrible job explaining it. And plus it's like, it's called the most dangerous game like it's it sounds like you don't even need to have read the story to be like wow like that sounds like intense the first yeah. episode is just them talking <laughs> and it's like if it wasn't so like funny it would just be annoying because it's like i'm watching <laughs> this it's called the most dangerous game it's liam hemsworth i'm expecting action and all this stuff and it's just a guy singing like yeah you know it'd be cool if I killed you. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, okay. Also, <laughs> also, my favorite part is that, like, so Liam Hemsworth walks away for, like, two seconds, and then he turns back around and, like, walks back in, basically, and is like, okay, I'm in. Like, he doesn't think about it, really. Or at least, <laughs> since it's, like, a seven-minute video, they can't show the passage of time. So, like, I get maybe he thought about it, but we have no idea as the audience and then he comes back in, and then the last episode ends with the guy saying, okay, so here's how you'll be hunted. <laughs> and then, to be continued, I'm like, what the heck? Do you think this was um, originally, like, a movie or something? Or do you think they specifically made this for uh, Quibi? Um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, that's something I could definitely look up. And maybe if I figure it out, I'll insert it at the end of this of, like, how did they get this content? I have a feeling that these were produced specifically for mm -hmm. the app, though. Hey, it's Editing Chloe. I just wanted to pop on here with an answer to Jake's question. 
From what I've been reading, all of these shows were produced specifically for Quibi. Um, however, it's not uncommon for scripts to circle around the industry for a long time before finally being bought and produced. The company categorizes its shows into three groups. Uh, movies in chapters, unscripted, and daily essentials. Daily essentials are kind of like their news reports and their lifestyle videos, which Jake and I didn't really go into, but I can say with 100% certainty that the daily essentials are obviously all created specifically for Quibi. And aside from that, the only other program that I could definitively say was not specifically created with Quibi in mind is the reboot of Punked which we will talk about later in this episode. Aside from that, I didn't really find any evidence that these shows were not created specifically for Quibi. But they do like to keep an air of mystery about them, so we may never know. Let's go to our favorite, Chrissy's Court! Oh, Woo! <sighs> Man, I, I don't even want to get started because I'm going to just, like, get, oh. like, enraged. Guys, if you love Chrissy Teigen, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> and if you hate Chrissy Teigen, you're also gonna hate this. You're gonna this. really hate this thing. And if you're on the fence about Chrissy Teigen, you are gonna wish... You had never been born. <laughs> because now you're going to be forced to make an opinion about Chrissy Teigen. Oh my gosh. This show was perhaps the most aggravating thing I've ever had to watch in my life. I mean, and I only had to watch it for seven minutes. <laughs> no, it, the, the, the conceit of, hey, it's Chrissy Teigen and she has no experience being a mediator, a judge, or any, you know, court official person and she's gonna be the one making those decisions like okay yeah well have me do it then <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the concept i'll pull it up this is their summary real people real cases Ugh. and real legally binding decisions if you thought chrissy Teigen couldn't become an actual courtroom judge You've been overruled. Uh, it's Chrissy's court. Jeez. So, right off the bat, <laughs> I don't believe that this is not scripted. They are presenting this as if it is 100% authentic reality. I don't buy that for a second. I do not either 100%. <laughs> I think that is total malarkey that it is even considered that... that. It is complete BS. There's no way that this is not scripted or at least heavily produced. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just, and the idea that it's legally binding, I am so dubious about that. There's oh, no way. Oh, yeah, right. There's no way. It's, how could it, like, how could it possibly, like, well, I signed reality <laughs> show, con like, you know. I, I put my hand on the uh, reality show Bible, you know, and it's just how it is, you know? If if this is how we're going to be settling cases from now on, like, I guess no one needs to go to law school anymore. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Sign well, me you up. Know, I was, I was going to go to Columbia and get my master's in law and become a, an attorney, but, you know, I decided to just become Twitter famous, and now I'm a judge. 
Hey, <laughs> hey, work for Chrissy Teigen can work for anyone. <laughs> I made it to the Supreme Court. <laughs> All I had to do was marry a famous musician and become popular on social oh, media. She's oh, and like the very first episodes, I I did watch two episodes of this, and okay, it, the second episode is not necessarily better. It's just more tolerable. But I just oh the it's it's so clear to me that it's like this is you know I mean it's in the name it's Chrissy's Court but it's designed specifically just to be like look how awesome I am as Chrissy Teigen yes. I'm so lovable I'm so funny and then it's oh sorry oh uh, they bring in and then in the episode they bring in like John Led you know Legend comes oh, in and yeah. he, you know and it's just like look how awesome we are and it's like. You know, I don't, I'm not a Chrissy Teigen stan. I'm also not a hater. I'm very much yeah. like a, she's a celebrity and that's it. But yeah. this is like, if this is how it, like she is as a person. I hate her guts. She's... <laughs> this is like the John Legend Chrissy Teigen, li- oh wait, I was gonna, I was going to uh, be explicit, but I guess I won't be. I'll rephrase <laughs> what I was going to say. This <laughs> Uh, it would appear <laughs> that they were perhaps engaging in. Fu- oh no! Ah, no way through- oh, Careful! Oh, Come on, oh. you know the Spotify police. I know. Oh, there's no way for me to say. I was I was going to make a comment that was sexual in nature about things they were perhaps doing to themselves, uh, mm-hmm. but they were. I, I don't know what the colloquialism for it this is. I'm just gonna stop. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the ego trip, like power hour, basically. Yeah, it's awful. They're just like, and I I can't stand that like in person on TV or anything. And it's just it's especially not fun when you're sitting down watching five minutes of pure like ego trip. Yeah. And those poor people who were deliver like. They had a oh yeah. They had a Could problem you? with their. It was like someone knocked a stereo over or something, and they were trying yeah, to figure okay, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's explain the the concept of the first episode in case you guys are wondering. Uh, essentially, it is set in a, an actual courtroom. It would appear. Uh, Chrissy Teigen's mom is the bailiff. How funny! <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and then. So these two people come in, an older gentleman and a younger gentleman. Uh, the older gentleman is suing the younger gentleman because there was a dispute. He's saying that uh, his boombox or his stereo or whatever was damaged um, because of the actions of this young man and that this man should pay uh, basically $1,000 to replace his stereo. Pretty should be an open and shut case, but then we bring out Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite part of the way that they did this is that they have audience reaction shots to how funny oh, Chrissy yes. Teigen is. Yes, like anytime she makes any kind of like like any comment that's supposed to be funny they cut to people in the audience like nodding and laughing hysterically and it's so aggravating to me (laughs) i'm just gonna say it after watching this i don't believe that chrissy teigen is actually funny because uh, here's here's what i think here's my conspiracy theory Uh you want to hear this i'm I'm, i got the tinfoil on okay Here's my conspiracy theory. 
I don't believe Chrissy Teigen writes her own tweets or I, I think she has. So she's gotten very popular because she has cultivated this Twitter following and makes a lot of quote unquote hilarious comments and tweets and is funny on social media. However, I think now she's been backed into a corner where people think that she's really funny and she keeps getting put in these projects where she's supposed to be funny. And I think because of the way that they edited this show where they had to, they had to like cut to people's reactions and they had to bring in John Legend Mm -hmm. to like kind of distract and stuff like that. I don't think that she's actually that funny, but I think they're trying to make her seem like she is so that she can keep up that quote-unquote brand. And I am going to bet good money that she pays... I'm yelling. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to bet good money that she does not write her own tweets now, if she ever did, Hmm. because now she's cultivated this like brand where people are expecting that from her, and I don't think she can deliver. Boom. Wow. That's my conspiracy. It seems pretty solid. I I went off. I went for it, and I stand by it. You, you know, Chrissy Teigen got Chloe yelling and screaming. <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> so there, these poor guys are just trying to settle a very open and shut dispute, and she basically just keeps cutting them off, and she's like making sarcastic comments, and now she's like. Oh, you're a musician? Let's bring in a musician. And they bring in John Legend. And then John Legend starts singing. And then everyone's clapping. And now he's making everyone in the court sing. And, like, now the judgment's going to be based off of, like, how well these people can sing? And now they're doing reenactments? Like, (laughs) now they're like, why don't you reenact what happened that night? Why don't you reenact it? Like... It doesn't make any sense. This is not how a court of law works. No, and and especially like it's like these p- two poor like people who may have been genuinely just like you know I mean they're in small claims court and they're sitting there like you know hands clasped together like waiting patiently as like someone's like singing a song waiting for death. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're looking at their like watch being like. Like, I want to get out of here. I got, like, a doctor's appointment. Can we just deliberate and move on? (laughs) Just tell me if I'm out $1,000, please. (laughs) Yeah, and and that's the other thing. Like, if if, if we're taking this show to be at face value, then Chrissy Teigen slapping fines on people willy-nilly or not or whatever. Like, that's a lot of power. Honestly, like, I was 100% on the side of, like, the young guy. He was like, you know, I know I annoyed that dude, but he knocked over his own stereo. I shouldn't have to replace a stereo that he knocked over. I'm on his side. And she just didn't like him. Yeah, because he wasn't playing, you know, being all laughing at the jokes and stuff, you know. If you don't laugh in Chrissy's court, she wheels out the guillotine. (laughs) So you have to do what you can. It was a hullabaloo. Yes, it didn't make any sense. And it was only seven minutes, and it felt like an eternity. It, honestly, like, you think it would go by, it's like, oh, at least it'll go by fast. But, I mean, for the, when it's, when a Quibi's good, it's fine. But when a Quibi's bad, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, in, like, you want to, like, jump into a trash can or something. <laughs> Nothing worse than a bad Quibi. Honestly, a bad Quibi can just ruin your week. <laughs> 
I mean, here we are. We're ranting about Chrissy's court probably like double the amount of time <laughs> the actual episode is. And I could probably still rant and rave because it's just so annoying. I, I will say if you guys are going to check out any Quibbies, I will recommend one good Quibby and one bad Quibby. We'll get to the good Quibby in a second. But if I'm going to recommend an example of like a bad Quibby, go watch Chrissy's court. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you won't want to watch any more episodes. I After one, I was like, I'm tapped out. Never have to see this again. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So their other reality program that we watched is their reboot of Punked. Punked, yes. So Chance the Rapper is hosting Punked. I don't know if uh, you listeners are familiar with Punked. It was on in the early 2000s, uh, hosted by Ashton Kutcher back then. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just a prank show where they prank celebrities, and then once things escalate too much, Ashton Kutcher would come out and be like, you got punked! And they'd be like, ah! And that was it. And now we brought it back. Yep. Brought it back to full swing. Again, my thing, again, is like, there's plenty of prank stuff on YouTube. Why do we have to reboot punked? (laughs) Well, yeah, that was a weird thing, is... So this would seem like a show that would actually lend itself very well to the format. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because like what you're saying is there, there are like prank videos on YouTube. You can do it in a short time. It's actually like kind of preferable yeah. to do a short prank. Um, and the two that I watched, I was still like, this isn't compelling for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they messed that up. I like Chance the Rapper. I actually think he was a good selection as host um because he's funny and i think he has like a good he's like he's very excited about things and animated so yeah I think he, he's actually a good choice as like a host for this my problem wasn't with that um i think it was just like i don't know maybe you can explain it better than me but there was something about it that was like off-putting right i agree yes um i think like you know, being in Quibi and it, you know, it has to stick under seven minutes or whatever. And we've talked this, you know, under from here to eternity about like the how it structurally just doesn't really make sense for traditional narrative. Yeah. Um, and I don't know for like Punk, for example, like they're I mean they're feeding you a lot of information, and then you get to see the the thing. Um. But it's still, it honestly, there's points with Punked and with a lot of Quibbies, even the ones I liked, that I was like, I kind of wanted to skip through it. Yeah. And it's five minutes. <laughs> you can't skip five. I mean, it's like, I skipped through skip 15 seconds. I've missed a tenth of it. It's like, that's <laughs> bad. Like, that's really bad. <laughs> I I can't put my finger on it. Uh, so I watched the Adam Devine episode. Okay. And I watched the uh, Ty Dolla Sign okay. episode. Um, and the <laughs> I don't know which ones you watched, but um, the Adam Devine one they was very like funny. But I think the problem was in this particular episode was the reaction to it. So the whole hmm. pr- like the the whole fun part of a prank is like the reaction essentially that you're trying to elicit from the victim uh the adam divine episode was really funny 
because apparently, this is how they set it up, that Adam Devine has a 2011 drop-top Camaro, and it's like his prized possession. And their prank was that they drop a wrecking ball on it. Which I think they, they I wow. think they like switched it out for like a like a fake Camaro or like I'm a sure. different Camaro. Yeah, that they made look like him. I think that was the prank. Um although they didn't really like specify. I think we were just left to assume, but okay, I'm guessing they didn't actually drop a prank. Hey, you never ball. know. You never know what Quibby will do to get those <laughs> viewers. So the prank is that he thinks that they've dropped a wrecking ball on it. And he's literally like, <laughs> I I kind of believe that his reaction was genuine. I don't think that this show was scripted because he like shuts down. Like mm. he's not, he's not mad. He has no large reaction. He's literally just standing there like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> he watches them drop a wrecking ball. And on his car, and he just turns to his fiance, and he's like, "Ugh, it's gonna be a long night." <laughs> and she's like trying to talk to him because she's like the accomplice, so she's in on the prank. Like everyone's trying to talk to him and like kind of like stir the pot, and he's just like, he's like that. <laughs> he's like that certain amount of ang- uh, some guys are like this, where like when they're pissed off, they just like walk away and they don't say anything. Oh and yeah. I guess- I guess that's how Adam Devine is because he literally just walks away and is just like silent. Like he's not saying anything. He has literally like no reaction. Wow. He's just like, I'm done. I get, I'm done for the night. Like he's just, he's like not talking to anyone really. It's so like, it's almost worse because you're like, Oh no. Yeah. He's like, he's like, really angry. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not I fun was, angry. It's real. Angry. Yeah. It's not fun. Like, Oh, he freaked out and was like, dude, what happened? like he is gone yeah he's <laughs> which, made, which made it feel mean uh, maybe i'm too old for prank shows i don't know maybe uh maybe if i was younger i would have liked it I, I don't know i i kind of am in the same boat though where i don't like prank shows because i just find them unless it's like nathan for you or something where it's a little bit more like there's like a complexity to it like stuff yeah. where people just get pranked like i always just feel bad yeah unless it's like jackass or that's like they're all kind of in like their own weird commune of like we're gonna prank each other hardcore like if you're not in on the joke it's to me it's not funny it's like oh that's it seems mean-spirited but uh yeah i i couldn't figure that out i was like am i the problem am i (laughs) am i too sensitive am i too old for this not like i I guess, like, in a way, you could explain it away and be like, okay, these are all celebrities, they have a lot of money, and, like, whatever, they're not, like, we're not, like, picking on people who are, like, necessarily in need or something, but it still felt kind of mean. Yeah, it, the, I watched, uh, so I watched two as well, I watched the Megan the Stallion one, that one's, like, actually a really good one to, like, because it's, it hits all the notes, and it's, like, you know, the prank- like, she takes it well, and the prank is, you know, it all good and fun and games. The other yeah. one I watched was, um, they pranked Lil Nas X, and this is where I was more like, this seems a little mean, where they, um, they pretended to, like, that they had, like, federal agents in to arrest his stylist because, and she's in on this, obviously, it's, um, yeah. like, because of unpaid taxes or something, but then the, the, the two federal agents, like, and Lil Nas X is like, oh, geez, this is really bad. And then the the, the two federal agents start trying to get a bribe out of uh, Lil Nas X. 
and he's like he's kind of like not a not monetary bribe it was more like oh you're that the the you know the the guy who made that song why don't you do like a little dance or something for us <laughs> and it's like man for like you know this like a poor you know he's like 20 or 19 and he's having to look who he thinks is like a fbi or irs yeah. guy in that face who's like why don't you dance for me and it's like oh there's a lot of layers to that that I'm very not comfortable with. <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, he had given them money and they just, like, now had this footage of, like, <laughs> technically it wasn't illegal because these people were actors, but they're like, okay, now we know. Like, yeah, now we know. He'll take a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, He'll bribe federal agents. <laughs> I, I noticed... Th- <laughs> oh, sorry, keep going. I just... Ugh, it was... It felt really kind of mean... Like, mean-spirited to me in that part because it's... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, to make someone believe that they're, like, really in trouble with, like, the feds, I mean, that <laughs> that can be rough. I, I think... I think I figured it out. I think the problem is, because it's, like, a six-minute-long prank, basically, they don't... Uh, you don't get that much time to, like, have a redemption. So, like... In the original punk, like, they would go through it and Ashton Kutcher would be like, this is my friend, Wilmer Valderrama, and we're gonna, like, I love him, blah, 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 but we're gonna prank him. And, it, like, it seems more personal. Yeah. And then at the end, like, at the end, when he comes out and he's like, oh, you've been pranked, everyone's like, ah, you got me. And, like, at the time, it was more popular, so people, like, knew what the show was. Like, they were kind of like, oh, that's hilarious. Like, they were more on board yeah. And, like, it seemed like there was more of, like, a personal attachment between him and, like, the people that they were pranking. And maybe there is between Chance the Rapper and these other guys. But because it's, like, so short, you don't really get that. And so it feels a little meaner. Because there's yeah. no element of, like, oh, we're friends. Like, it's friendship. Yeah, they they kind of just cut to the chase and are like, yeah, yep, uh, there's a celebrity, you know, and I'm going to prank her. And it's like, okay. In the Ty Dolla Sign one... Ty literally, like, almost beats up the actor. Like, Whoa. He's, he's so mad that, like, they had to come out and tell him it was a prank show because he, like, was literally, like, chasing the guy, like, through the parking lot, like, about to beat him up. I don't blame him. Wow. The prank that they did was that, like, uh, they, like, valeted his car, and then, like, the prank was that, like, when he gets back to his car, the valet is inside, like, smoking with uh, his, like, his girlfriend or something. And, like, so he, like, would not, like, the actor, like, won't get out of the car. And then it became weird because, like, because, <laughs> like, Ty Dolla Sign was, like, threatening him. Which, I don't kind of don't blame him. Like, he's in his personal property. Yeah. And so, like, then I think the actor, like, felt like he couldn't leave the car because he was about to get beaten up. And so... <laughs> But then Ty Dolla Sign, like, basically, like, forces him out of the car and starts, like, chasing him through the parking lot. And I was just like, oh, this is, like, intense. Yeah. Like, I was afraid, like, this guy's gonna get, like, pummeled for yeah. pranked, or for punked. <laughs> like, was it really worth it? That poor, I'm sure that's some poor, like, up and, you know, actor who's, like, just really, like, oh, yeah. I got, finally got a role on tv and it's like it's like all right get in this car and this guy who could who could beat you know who could kill you with his hands well you yeah. know uh you'll oh, have to he, like he him. I, oh yeah he <laughs> that doesn't pissed. surprise me i i noticed when i was scrolling through that like almost all the pranks have to do with cars like 
Huh, it's interesting, because I think that is true. I was reading the descriptions. There's like eight episodes, and like six of them were like, we're going to blow up his car. We're going to steal his car. We're dropping a wrecking ball on his car. I was like, okay. That's... It, is the budget in the show like are you being paid in cars or like <laughs> in automotives like i don't understand why is everything a crank on this person's car let's move on to now that we've been through like the reality we've been through like their thrillers and like scripted stuff let's move into their uh horror anthology mm. 50 states of fright yikes um it had a very twilight zone-esque intro like it had the narration where they're like every state has its secret. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a I I didn't even think about that, but you're right. And even the background music was like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like it was like um it was like borderline like Twilight Zone, but they like changed a few notes so that they wouldn't get sued or something. Yeah. <laughs> um this one is interesting because so in an anthology series, something like uh, American Horror Story or Feud or something like that, like every season kind of has like a different cast and characters and stuff like that. Um, the way that they did that for this is that they basically had like four overarching stories that were each split up. So like they had like four horror stories that were each split into about three, I think. So it's mm-hmm. like kind of weird for an anthology, like the structure is just a little off but we'll roll with it um (laughs) the one that we watched this is a this is a quibby that it's the only quibby i've heard people talk about yes this is uh the golden arm the golden arm starring uh (laughs) rachel brosnahan from uh marvelous mrs Maisel. how how do we prepare the audience (laughs) for this jake i it's a ride. Man, um I mean, all you folks, all you need to know, a lady loses her arm and she desperately wants an arm that's gold and it slowly kills her and she's like, "I want this arm still." <laughs> yes. We it- are <laughs> we're continuing the quibby tradition of all of their dramas being hilarious <laughs> because this is not a comedy and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I, it does help the, uh, the, I think he directed this and all of them. That's what it made it sound like, but it, they have a Sam Raimi doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, who I like cause he did like evil dead, um, that series back in the eighties. Um, so it was kind of like similar tone, which I I liked. It is definitely like <laughs> it is definitely a silly show, though, um, or at least a silly first episode. Well, that's that's the weird thing about these is they're not they're not poorly done. No, not like, at all. They look beautiful. Like the all of this one especially looks like pretty like pretty decent budget. I think Rachel Brosnahan is, like, acting her butt off. Like, she's, like, taking it very seriously. That might be why it's so funny is because, like, these actors are oh, yeah, they're, they're going so in. into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is actually trying. Like, I don't think she's throwing in the towel on this one. But the material is so insane that, like... The story is so dumb that there's no possible way it couldn't be funny. Um, 
Yeah, they set it up that this car- this woman loses her arm in like a lumberjack accident, basically. <laughs> and like a really contrived lumberjack. He's like, I need you to help me with this thing. Like, can it wait tomorrow? Like, you can cut a tree in the next day. Yeah, uh, what is that? Okay, it's not technically called being a lumberjack. It's like a logger, right? I, I guess, yeah. Isn't isn't that one of like the most dangerous jobs? Yeah, like, like you would, I mean, I guess the idea is that it's like, like because she, she probably has been around logging stuff, so she might know it. But even still, it's like if you're employed, let alone maybe a manager or owner of a business, I don't think I would be like, "Hey, wife, can you help me yeah, cut this like, tree down?" I, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought logging was like a serious job, and like you probably need some sort of like license or something to yeah, I don't do it. <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey, yo, you want to come out to the forest with me and help me chop down some trees? <laughs> Wear a flannel. That's your qualification." Like. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. No, it really does not. So then a tree falls on her arm, and then, like, okay. The thing that I did think was interesting is that they're kind of doing this in the style of you are being told, like, a scary story or something. Like, they have a narrator that they cut to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is basically, like, the reenactment of the story, which I thought was nice because it... Instead of, uh, I think it, like, circumvented the problem that we were having with the other shows where, like, the exposition is just so, like, out there and obvious. I think the idea that he's telling you a horror story, like, kind of corrects that because you're like, oh, this is part of the genre. Like, it doesn't feel like you're just being fed exposition for no reason. It feels like you're, like, oh, this is what they were going for. hmm Yes. Um, so I think that works, but... <laughs> I was very confused. It was like, I think it was set in modern times, but then there's a scene where she's wearing like, like an old timey, like Victorian looking yes, dress. I also had that confusion. Which was very strange. And then like, and also he's like, he can like craft things out of gold, which just seems like a very old timey, like kind of hobby, I guess. So like there was no real explanation to like the setting or the time period. Um, and then they are building it. Here's my problem. They're building it up that like she's terrible and like a shallow woman because she's like upset that her arm is gone. And like, she's like, I can never be beautiful again because I have no arm and like blah, blah, blah. And they're making it seem like she's just like a shallow person. And I'm like, I feel like if you lost a limb, you might need some time to like... To, you know, maybe psychologically process what's going on. Like, they were really going in hard on her. Yeah, I agree. I I also found it harsh, especially because it's not just that a tree fell on her arm. It's also a tree fell on her arm. They tried to yank it out, and it was very painful for her. And then he had to chop the arm off. Oh, it was disgusting. I kind of looked away when that happened because I can't handle the sight of blood. But that was also kind of funny because, like, they <laughs> they didn't set it up that it was, like, a bloody show at all. Like, everything was very light and cheery and, like, whatever up until that point. And then all of a sudden it turns into, like, a gore fest <laughs> where this tree, like, it was, like, almost like Happy Tree Friends. Do you remember that? Oh, wow. That, that is serious? not something I've heard in, like, ten years. <laughs> 
It dissolved into that where they're just like blood is splurting everywhere and they're like chopping off limbs and like out of nowhere seemingly like it did that kind of also seemed funny. Yes. (laughs) And I like too the the jump of conclusion to like, oh, you're like in pain here. And maybe it is the correct decision. I'm not an ambulance. I'm not an EMT type, but it's like. Oh yeah, I'm, instead of calling like the ambulance over, I'll just take care of it myself <laughs> with this like this like this axe that's I'm sure is dull f- as, from use and is oh, just God. probably dirty. But then like you cut to her with one arm and it's like perfectly like pristinely <laughs> so like sewn up and like uh, did, okay, so did we go to the hospital? Like yeah, it's what like, happened? Right- <laughs> And she's just, and, like, it's, like, ah, ah, and she, like, getting her arm cut off, and then the next thing is her being, like, ah, this is, this is not good, you know, I do wish I had an arm, and it'd be great if it was golden. Yeah, out of no, so, okay, so, yeah, we haven't even gotten to the most ridiculous part. So he, (laughs) he brings her, like, a prosthetic arm, like, a regular, no, it's, like, a robot arm, like a metallic arm yeah it's it it works i think right and she well yeah well this was the first one and then she goes that's ugly and sends him away so then he fashions her an arm that works out of pure gold first off are we to believe that this man knows how to create out of gold a fully functioning arm it's crazy it fully functional when it was moving around i was like i thought it was just gonna be like oh he crafts like a fake arm whatever but like the fingers are moving and stuff he's like a genius yes are we to believe that this logger who no offense to loggers i'm just saying if he had the knowledge of how to engineer like a gold arm that fully functions you would think he was in some sort of other career he'd be like a billionaire <laughs> like yeah i mean i don't like he's like yeah you know i i'm really good at making prosthetic limbs but you know trees are my passion <laughs> that's what I, that's why i do what i do <laughs> like no this man is a genius hey, hold up a second <laughs> wow this is a, a pretty nice uh like you got some nice handcrafted goods here you got this table this stool <laughs> Is that a, is that a golden arm? What that thing? That little thing? Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I whipped that up for my wife. She was, you know, she lost her arm. You know how it is. <laughs> but have you seen the grain on on the this fresh cut table that I just made? Holy <laughs> smoke! Do you want to see this? These coasters? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the elm is phenomenal. Oh, I, mm, I smell that we, real fun. Yeah, hold on a second though. Can I see the? Can I at least look at the arm? <laughs> They have like a robot butler that he's yeah. built. He's like, oh yeah, that's Francis. But yeah, here's wait. the gold butler. <laughs> wait a, a minute, solid you're, gold butler. You're creating like not only like just like medically perfect limbs. You're also like they can move. Like holy smokes! Like we got to get you like a patent. The robots are like reproducing. He's like figured out how to like create an entire new form of life. Now we'll have golden babies and create a golden world. He's like the master of all AI. He's like, yeah, but you know, I'd much yeah, rather nothing. do this. But hey, you know, the oak is looking really great this year. <laughs> you know, I. But you know, nothing gets me off like polishing a nice desk. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god. So then, so she is enjoying her gold arm. She is in heaven. She's frolicking through the trees with her golden arm. So beautiful. And all the narration is such a dig. They're just like, everyone wants to be beautiful, but it was her whole life. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Chill. Uh, That's all I know about this woman is that apparently she sucks because she cares about the way she looks. Because she lost an arm. (laughs) And then... And then cut to her with no ramp up. They show her coughing once and then cut to her in the hospital like her like dead, like half dead. Her yes. skin is like gray. And like she like she she looks like Liam Hemsworth's character should have looked in the most dangerous <laughs> game. They're Honestly, telling us though. Yeah, they're telling us that he's sick and all of that. He, sh- Honey, he should have looked like she did because she was an inch from death. And then the doctor comes in and says, oh, it's what we were afraid of. It's pulmonary gold disease. <laughs> <laughs> I knew just by looking at her. <laughs> and Rachel Brosnahan is acting her butt off. She's like, she's like crying He's like, you must remove your golden arm. I can't. My golden arm can never come off, ever. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Which, like, you would think that a medical professional would, like, force her to take off her arm. Yeah. I don't... I'm not... I'm not a doctor. I don't have medical training. I don't know uh, the autonomy of a prosthetic limb. Maybe I'm being insensitive here but you would think that if your limb was killing you they would be morally obligated to remove it yeah like if you if you have like a gangrene arm i don't think you they would be like well we're gonna give you the option of you know keeping (laughs) or not it's like yeah i'm good i'm just gonna keep it yeah which is the same with this i would assume that they would have had to remove it or, or whatever. Or maybe they would have made her take it off before they hooked her up to all the machines and whatever. But, all right. Whatever. We'll, we'll give them this. Sure. <laughs> sure. We'll she doesn't, yeah, sure. She doesn't want to take off the arm. So then, my favorite part of the whole show. Then she falls asleep. She wakes up in a panic. Her husband is at her bedside. She's like, I had the most horrible dream. She looks him dead in the eyes. She's like, promise me. Promise me you'll bury me in my golden arm. (laughs) He's like, sure. Sure, I will. She goes, no. I need you to say it. Say it. Say that you'll bury me in my golden arm. He goes, I'll bury you in your golden arm. (laughs) (laughs) And then cut to, like, a second later, he's burying her in her golden arm. (laughs) <laughs> it uh i never thought that that would be a line i would hear in a draw <laughs> promise me you'll bury me in my golden arm yes like, like right. <laughs> these writers had to know what they were doing oh yeah there's no way that they thought that people would not think that was hilarious they from the time of writing to shooting, to editing this, surely someone was saying, this is hilarious. This is in no way a drama. We need to classify this as a comedy. Like they, <laughs> uh, you know what? If they had just classified it as a satire, it would have been 
the most brilliantly written thing ever. Because it would have been satirizing, like, the Twilight Zone or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then it would have been, like, genius. I would have been like, oh, my God, Quibi is, like, nailing this. This is hysterical. But since it was, like, supposed to be taken seriously, it's, like, the dumbest thing in the world. Yes, and it it also doesn't help that it totally defeats the purpose of the app. When this episode we're describing is over the course of three Quibis. Yeah. So it's like, well, wait a minute. like, Which is like a half an hour show. Yeah, like, I'll just watch TV then. <laughs> I don't understand, like, what... And the, I looked it up. The next segment is the same thing. It's also three episodes. Yeah, they just were like, all split up into parts. Again, just, like, really? Was, was there literally no TV station that was like, yeah, we'll take this? <laughs> I want the golden arm one. Give me the golden arm. <laughs> I'm, you know what, I'm really sad that I did not write this and, like, intend it as a satire. Because, like, if I had, I would have been so proud of it. It mean... That would have been such a great idea. But instead, (laughs) someone wrote it and took it seriously. Yep. They were trying to get them quibby books. Ugh, those big quibs. Yep. Big quib is running everything, as they say. A a quib... Wait, I can't form this pun correctly. A quillion dollars, perhaps? <laughs> That's how much they floated over to Rachel Brosnahan to be in this. <laughs> and they were like, you're going to be a quillionaire. <laughs> she was like, finally. I don't know what that means, but okay, I guess I'll be in it. Yeah, is, is that a, a question? Is that a number? I just need it from a contract. <laughs> Quadruple oh, yeah, quillionaire. <laughs> Quadruple quibby. Is <laughs> I, you know what? They're going to come out with their own form of like cryptocurrency and I'm going to eat it up. <laughs> Jump right on into that. One day the working class will be paid a quibbing wage, a quibbable wage, <laughs> looking at our paychecks. That's quibbable. Yeah, it's t- totally com- quibbable. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, there is, there is one more quibby that we haven't talked about and If I were going to suggest, earlier I suggested Chrissy's Court if you want an example of a bad Quibi. If you want an example of Quibi working to its fullest potential, I would recommend Dishmantled. Yes. This was the one Quibi series that I was like, I am on board. I want to watch all of them. This was perfect for this format. Yes, and it's because it's very simple. It's a it, it. There's no need to have a lot of exposition. It's just we're gonna. It's like it's one this one thing, and that's it. Yeah. And it's, it's a very memeable uh, thing. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh yeah. So Dishmantled is hosted by Titus Burgess, love of my life. He played Titus Andromedon in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He's amazing. Um, and he's perfect to host. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a great host. This is the description for this show. Take two blindfolded chef contestants, blast a dish into their face, then make them recreate it for celebrity judges to win a cash prize. Did we mention it's hosted by Titus Burgess? <laughs> Essentially. Do you like my mocking voice? I, I do. <laughs> I just, it really is like reinforcing that it's like, this is an app for exclusively for like only people who are like, I need to make like, I need to get into the content game and like Hollywood <laughs> types would ever be in like nobody on like in, you know, I don't know, 
Nebraska would be like, oh, I'm I'm down to quib if you are. <laughs> it's my dream to have my own quibby one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, so here's the, the thing about this show. In this show, I don't know if they really describe it uh, to the point where it sounds interesting, but it is. Essentially... They like get they get two chefs, they put them in basically like hazmat suits and goggles, and then they shoot food out of a cannon, and then those like those blindfolded contestants have to taste the food that's just like been blasted into their face, guess what the dish is, and then recreate it and cook it. And then uh they present it to the judges, and then whoever guessed correctly, or if neither of them guessed correctly, whoever has the most uh, ingredients that matches mm-hmm. that dish is the grand prize winner and they get like $5,000 which uh, sign me up yeah like, $5,000 for seven minutes of quibs hell yeah hell yeah I mean well, heck yeah oh yeah well it's shoot. okay <laughs> we'll let that one slide that's the that's the mulligan um <laughs> We got a little too excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we dismantled our previous uh, principles and morals there. Yeah, you know, I have to apologize officially to Apple Podcasts for, <laughs> you know, a foul mouth and a bad temper. <laughs> um, and I hope that, you know, they can find it in their hearts to forgive me. <laughs> yeah, this okay. show is great because, it, or is very good because it also, like, embodies the spirit, I would say, of the Quibi. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's because it's actually like six minutes tops. And it's also like, you get all you need. You mm-hmm. don't need a lot more. And it's like, all right, like, quick bite, like the name Quibby suggests is yeah. actually used there. Um, it's, a, it's a top-notch quib, I gotta it, say. It really is. It's because it's, it, you know, and it also is just like, you, you get to see peop, food get shot onto people. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's always going to be funny. I, yeah, I, I think I actually really loved this and I was surprised by how much I loved it. Maybe it was because I had sat through so many. Yeah, like, you get through the Chrissy courts. Of the, bad, of the bad shows. But I genuinely really liked this. I thought, I thought like the, the host was a great choice. I liked that like the celebrities that they brought on were like engaging, like, mm-hmm. It was an example of like, yeah, they brought in some big names, but like they weren't front row and center because they weren't the ones competing. Um, visually, it was cool because you get to see like the cannon shot, which yes. is awesome. So that's like snappy already. I like that it, it's like a quick competition and they shave off like all the stuff that you don't need to see. Yes. I, I did a whole episode last week about cooking competition shows. So now I'm like comparing those to this Uh, how does it stack up i actually like i really like it like i think i think because it's not really about like the food and how it's made it's about like the concept of like guessing and like we're trying to kind of figure out what it is along with them like and then it's like about the reveal and everything at the end like i think it actually works really well um i'm I'm glad they don't reveal what the i because I was worried that they were going to be like, while the chefs went to go make the dish, they were like, oh, by the way, we're making shakshuka or whatever. Yeah. That would totally, like, take away, I think, a lot of the fun, which is where you're sitting there being like, wouldn't that? It's like green, I mean, it looks like green goop or whatever getting, or whatever goop 
is just getting shot at these people and they have to just figure out a dish. And that's fun. I like that. Yeah. It works pretty well because, so for example, a show that I talked about on the the food competition show episode I did was a show called Cooks vs. Cons. And the concept of that mm. show is you're trying to guess like who is the professional chef and who is the amateur chef. And the problem with that show, because they also didn't tell us the answer until the end, but the problem with that show was that, like, you're guessing for, like, the full, I think it was, like, a 45-minute long show or something like that. And by the end, once you get to the reveal, you're kind of, like, not super invested in it anymore because you're mm. just like, ugh, I just want to find out already. Like, this isn't interesting enough for me to sit here and not know the answer. But with this, since it's, like, a five-minute long show you can live in the mystery and not get bored with it. Like, you can be like, I'm fine not knowing because I'm about to find out in, like, five minutes anyway. Yeah. Even, like, a minute more, you would start to be like, okay, now I'm kind of, you know, let's get this show on the road. It's, again, very nice little bite. Yeah. As, as, as the name suggests, as quick, the, quick bite. <laughs> a quick bite. Um, I, my only thing is that I will say if you guys have, like, a faint stomach <laughs> you might be kind of, like, grossed out by the image of the food, like, being shot out of a cannon. Because it's, it's literally, like, it essentially looks like someone vomited, like, yeah. like, projectile vomited, like, pesto pasta everywhere or something. And, like, they are eating things with their hands and, like, off of their clothes and stuff like that. So if you have a weak stomach, that part might uh, freak you out a little bit. But skip the first minute then, and uh, yeah. <laughs> then, you can, then you'll be fine. Then you've really optimized. If you skip the first minute of every Quibi, you've, you've optimized <laughs> you know, your watching yeah. habits. You're really making that Quibi work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the most bang for your buck. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so those are the shows that we wanted to go through. Uh, that was really fun. Yes. <laughs> Some of it was I laughed, I cried, I rethought my life's purpose. <laughs> nice, you know, just wonderful uh grab bag of just life itself. Mm -hmm. Before we go into um kind of like the the method that Quibi is using to get itself out there, kind of what we touched on earlier. Are you would you say that you would be likely to quib again? That's a great question. Probably not, honestly. <laughs> That was so immediate. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just think, like, the idea behind it of, like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's for when, you know, you've got nothing to do for 10 minutes, and you're... I just think that, realistically, I'm not going to change my, like, my own viewing habits to accommodate this app, essentially. Yeah. Because if, if I only have 10, like... If I'm going to be true to the philosophy of the app and, like, I only have 10 minutes to do something, I'm probably not going to watch a Quibi. I'm probably going to mindlessly scroll through something and then do whatever I need to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, It doesn't help either that it's the content that's on there right now. Even the stuff that I did enjoy is not very, excuse me, I'm, like, going up and down here getting um, choked up yeah, like, <laughs> getting choked up just thinking about the time we've spent with these quibbies you know it's like i just felt so close to quibby and now i don't want it to end <laughs> i don't know i just can't like i the i don't see myself like watching like intensely any of any of them really um yeah 
So unfortunately, I might have to say, you know, sayonara to Quibi once this is all <laughs> said and done. You might have to quipped. Hey! That was so bad. I'm I'm trying so hard to think of good play on words, and it's just because it's such a fun word to say, but it's like impossible to insert naturally into <laughs> other words. <laughs> Are you gonna be quibbing again? Um, me uh, here. Here is my problem. I if I could screen record or something like that, then. There would be no stop in me and I would love to keep it around because I could share those like like the golden mm-hmm. arm. I wanted to screen record the golden arm and send it to people and be like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. But Quibi actually is set up in a way that you can't screenshot anything and you can't yes. screen record. Yes. I, tr- I tried a million different ways. It won't let you. It'll be a black screen. Uh, it intentionally is set so that you cannot pull any of their material um so that's probably not going to be of very much use to me uh in if i want to use this for podcast stuff i will be done with it shortly (laughs) so yeah i mean i agree with you if i'm if i'm looking for like short content i'm gonna go on youtube yeah so like, I, I'm already, like, on YouTube, I already, like, know what I want to watch. I already have my subscriptions. I can, like, pick and choose exactly, like, how, like, the length of video that I'm looking for. Uh, whereas with Quibi, I'm not super drawn into most of their content. And then, like, other content, it's, like, it's, it's almost like a bait and switch. Because it's really not only seven minutes. Because if you want to see the fully completed narrative... You have to watch the rest of the episodes. Like, the most dangerous game had, like, 15 episodes. So that's not five minutes of content. Yeah. That's, like, 15 sections of five minutes of content. <laughs> yeah. I've been had. So. Yeah, that's a that's a total, like, total scam. Yeah. So, probably won't quit again, but I'll look back on the memories. Do you think that Quib has potential? realistically the app or the word (laughs) maybe both actually (laughs) i can see you know you know the young kids being like hey what's up man you quibbing right now (laughs) Nah, i have to you know uh i don't know what do kids do these days (laughs) well here's here's what i think i think uh i think if quibby wants to be in it for the long haul uh they are gonna have to make some changes Mm -hmm. um Let's let's kind of go into we'll, we'll wrap it up here with why we think that this is not really taking off in the way that it was supposed to, which we touched on a little bit. Um, I honestly think that the screen recording and the screenshot thing is working to its detriment. Oh, abs- you're one hundred percent right. Because I mean, a lot of people don't know what Quibi is, and they can't find out what Quibi is unless they sign up for it. But people aren't going to want to sign up for it if they don't know what it is. However, if people were making memes of their shows and, like, were seeing clips of things on the internet that they thought were funny, they might be compelled to go and download it, even if they're just making fun of it. I think the problem is that Quibi is trying to take itself too seriously. Mm -hmm. It's like, we don't want people to make fun of us, so we're just not even going to give them the opportunity to. 
And I'm like, but any any press is good press, hun. Like, if you, mm-hmm. the reason I wanted to make this episode was because I saw on Twitter that someone had recorded from their phone, someone else's phone, the the clips of the golden <laughs> arm Quibi. So they, like, even though it was, like, not great quality, I was like, this is hilarious. This golden arm thing, like, I got to check it out. And I, so I downloaded it. And I think, like, I think if they open themselves up to maybe uh, the fact that someone might make fun of them, they would still get, like, a lot more traffic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, memes, let's be honest, memes are probably, like, probably a better way to sell, like, a movie or show than actual publicity because it's like i it i mean the difference is that you know we're in you know everyone's cooped up in their apartments at least in los angeles here and really everyone else should be by the way but that's (laughs) we're getting political out here (laughs) (laughs) the apple sensors can't stop me there (laughs) but if you can't if you cannot meme a, a a show like the golden arm one or you know, uh, the the food cannon one or whatever, then it doesn't exist yeah. in the public consciousness. Everybody knows. I could go down the street and just yell, you know, either um, either just, I could even just say Carol Baskin and people are going to say <laughs> something. Or, you know, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Everybody yeah. knows what that is. You know, it helps obviously that uh, that documentary was very, you know, series was very interesting and stuff, but yeah, you know, it. At the end of the day, it's also like it's a, it's just a docu series. Like it was, it happened to be very lucky because a lot of people watched it. But Quibi is missing that because it's like, if you can't, if you can't get engaged in that way in a very digital thing, which you'd think Quibi would want to do double fold because it's marketed as that, um. But it it's screwed. It's out of luck because it can't yeah. screen share anything. Yes. And so like for like like you were saying the Tiger King thing. Like I don't know how many people would have known about that show if it hadn't been all over Twitter. Yeah. And like remember when Bird Box came out and like they I'm pretty sure like wasn't it like guerrilla marketing that they were using where they were like making their own memes like Netflix was oh I'm sure like, I'm sure there were like theories circulating that like Netflix had constructed all these fake meme accounts that were just for like bird box memes which I, I honestly I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it worked and at it's least you're like, playing the game yeah that's a great idea to be honest um and I mean, all marketing and advertising is a lie on some level. So I don't like that's a pretty innocent lie that they are fake meme accounts. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like if you're going to like, like go, use it to your advantage, you know, like do it. I that's like the way that things are going. And I think uh, I think that's very telling that a, a media app that's claiming to be for a younger generation and claiming to want to be all about, like, adapting and appealing to a younger crowd would be so, like, opposed to playing ball in, like, the most basic way that people are getting their information, which mm-hmm. is social media. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... To me, it doesn't add up. Dude, you've got a ridiculous name. Your shows are ridiculous. Like, accept it. Don't take yourself too seriously. And, like let people make fun of you and i guarantee they would get a bigger audience 
100%. Oh, it would, like, at, at the very least, people would be drawn in to just see what's going on. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, who knows, maybe then people will be like, oh, this Quibi is not so bad after all, and stick around. Um, I don't see it having much longevity, to be honest. Um, yeah. Here's my question. Why are they not incorporating sketch comedy into this? That is a great question, actually. The, it's like, perfect for that. Sketch is like five minutes long. It's already built in to the format. Instead of taking a movie or a show and like chopping it up and like going against the format, why not embrace genres that are already like it's built into it? Yes. yes. There's no sketch comedy on Quibi. That is weird, huh? It it, it it seems like the most appropriate genre for yeah. for a quib. I mean, at least none that I saw. But then again, I have no idea which section it's in. Is it in the laugh out loud <laughs> section? I don't know. <laughs> which one is it? I like the idea of laugh out loud is only specifically for content that has actually made someone laugh out loud. And then everything <laughs> else is like dumped into like, I don't know, uh, one of the hot hot shot or whatever one of those categories were with <laughs> like well this is funny but it didn't make anyone laugh it's a little too you know cerebral so not <laughs> laugh out loud material i mean if vine didn't make it i don't see how quibi's gonna make it honestly though like that is pretty much all you need to say because vine was really where and vine was everyone loved vine I, I i guess it wasn't marketable or something i don't know why it really went under but it was like hard for them to to monetize it basically um, well how's tiktok i don't understand again i'm not a tech guy but it's like tiktok to me seems like it's doing well yeah but I don't no know. one monetized that or or they I, did i'm not on tiktok so i can't uh really say um, but that's I, good <laughs> I, well, but vine vine was a little bit ahead of its time so i think yeah. like i think if something else had like set the stage for them like tiktok t- tiktok swooping in where uh vine yeah where vine be. vine walked so that tiktok could run <laughs> exactly um but yeah i mean i I think if Quibi makes some changes or they're going to be like bought out and like completely switch around, we'll I'm see. I'm sure that's probably what will realistically happen. It's gonna, They're going to change in the next year. I really, I highly doubt they're going to get out all 175 original shows, but. I would be shocked because that is a lot of material. And then uh, what? You said 20 episodes a day? Twenty. They Their goal is 25 new episodes of something a day. I mean that is really ambitious. Yeah, they they raised almost two billion dollars for this. Well, <laughs> those investors G- better hope they G- have deep hat pockets. Just flew off. Yeah, <laughs> it spun into the air. He's flipping his lid. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, any any other uh, quibbles about Quibi? <laughs> I just think it's funny that this app, which was released a week ago-ish, again, during quarantine, when literally no tons of people across the, the nation and the world have just fr- tons of free time on their hands. It's pretty sobering that the one app, the one app 
the yeah. one new app that people you would think people are just gonna like congregate to that app is not only not popular it's it's gone off like the top 50 of itunes download yeah. that's sobering that's pretty bad you're like, Lord, please give us something to watch in this in this <laughs> harrowing time. And then Quibi showed up. We were like, not you, though. Like, hard pass. <laughs> Quibi showed up and said, how about a, 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 a delicious piece of uh, Chrissy's court? Uh, yeah. That'll really help you through. <laughs> oh, my God. I, and there's so many other shows that, like, we watched but didn't talk about. But th- those are the main things you guys need to know. Uh <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Quibi with me, Jake. This was really fun. Oh, yes. Always a pleasure. I can't wait to get down and quib again, as they say. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're doing only Quibi-related episodes <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I'm going to have you on again. They're going to be like, oh, Jake's on. I guess they're talking about Quibi for yeah. another two hours. Dang it. Another Quibi. But <laughs> chances are, if that were true... We'd probably not have. We'd probably never record an episode together again. Like by next month is what I'm guessing. Quibi is a no. It's two cut to two years from now. We're still talking about Quibi. They're like Chloe. <laughs> Quibi hasn't been around in a year and a half. You just have to let it go. We're like no. I no, still have more no. to say. <laughs> no, no. It haunts my dreams. <laughs> I eat, Qu- sleep, and breathe Quibi. <laughs> I can't wait for like. Maybe a couple years down the road, and Quibi's a success, and I'm sitting there trying to, trying to like pitch an idea to Quibi, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute! Hold on, you you're thought... that guy that said it had some problems. You thought we were gonna go under? <laughs> like, well, it was realistic. And they're just pulling their lever, and no. I'm, I fall right through the floor. Oh, but no, Quibi will be a distant memory." <laughs> I'd be, I, let me just say this, I'll be shocked if it's not a distant memory. <laughs> oh my god, well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on, Jake. I hope you're staying safe and enjoying your, your self-isolation. Oh, thank you, Chloe. I, again, I'm very appreciative that you'll have, have me on. I always have a ton of fun. Oh, heck yeah. And, I'll have you on anytime. Wow. I'm like a star guest now. <laughs> that gives me a lot of power. I don't know if you want to do that, Chloe. People are standing outside my window right now. We want Jake. <laughs> we want Jake. Unofficial new co-host right here. Excellent. That means my plan has come to fruition. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jake. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Um, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to check us out on Instagram at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. Leave a five-star review and a uh, comment. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Feel free to be as mean or preferably as kind as you <laughs> would like to be. And I will see you next time on Unwatchable. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>